So come on, I want you to talk to me today because we're going to be preaching about parable of the banquet. Who's been enjoying this series? Been talking about stories of life. And uh, we're going to be taking our cue from another story from Jesus in Luke chapter 14. We're going 16 through to 23. And we're going to read and I might just stop and pause and, you know, probably yell a bit and get excited a bit. But I can't help it because His Word in me is like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. So we, we, we got we to gotta embrace the Word this morning together. I want you to take notes. I want you to lean in. And I get the most out of the Word today. You get out what you put in. So here we go, Luke chapter 14. Hey, at the end of the service, we're gonna be praying for anybody who needs healing. Pastor Brett, Pastor Scotty, they'll be down here on the altar if you need healing. And we want you to come straight at the end of the service. The band will keep playing. We're gonna pray and believe with you for healing in your body, heart, mind, believing together. Okay, you ready for the Word? Are you there? You got your Bible? Hello. Come on, talk to me if you got your Bible. You got a leather-bound Bible? Any of you got a leather-back, hardback? No. Okay. Um, if you got a digital device, that's fine too. And we got a big Bible on the screen, which is looking lovely today, isn't it? It's beautiful. Luke 14. Jesus replied, He's telling a story. He says, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Who knows that God likes to party? Who knows that God likes food? Jesus was always eating. Like, like read through Matthew, Mark, Luke. He, he's just always eating. He'd like, you know, pray for someone. He's like, ah, oh, you know what? Let's go get some food. And then he'd preach and then, you know what? Let's eat. He, he was just eating all the time. And I think God, God is... God is exciting. God is youthful. He's been around for a long time, but He's youthful. I mean, if you were sitting down having a meal with God, He'd be laughing. He'd be telling the jokes. He'd be cracking jokes. He'd be, God is not boring. Church is not meant to be a place that you endure. That you, church is meant to be a place that's hilarious, that's fun, that's exciting. And so God is, here preparing the story, a great banquet. The time of the banquet, He sent His servant to tell those who'd been invited, come for everything is now ready. Jesus said on the cross, it is, come on, help me, finished. He didn't say, oh, there's a bit more to be done. He said, it is finished. The feast of peace, of joy, of freedom, of healing, of deliverance, of grace, of truth. We're not waiting on it. It's already been made. It's ready. So what do you do when the feast is made ready? You know what you gotta do when it's made ready? What do you do? Start eating, hello. Come on, we got cultures everywhere and we love food in Jesus' Name. Start eating. You don't, you don't sit back waiting. You just get in there and eat. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like a Northern Beaches kid, you know. But I've, I've had lunch with Pastor Mick and Rhonda Sabat. And when the food comes in, you don't sit there being all polite and, you know, stuffy. Like, uh, you get in there and you eat. 
And, and as I'm there, as I'm sitting there, Rhonda is shoveling food into my mouth. As I'm mid-eating something, she's giving me more. It's wonderful. I'm too skinny. It's true. I'm working on it. Don't judge me. All right. Everything is ready. And when it's ready, just come and eat. Come to church ready to eat. Amen. Every Sunday morning, don't you come and thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get something. Come ready to eat. You have permission to eat here today. But they all like the invited people began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still, another said, I just got married. Come on, who's believing? Yeah, yeah, all the single people. Oh, you know what? Just be single. Being single is awesome. It's not a disease. Being single is wonderful. Make the most of being single. Marriage is awesome too. But, but don't feel like, oh, I'm single and my life sucks. No, your life is great. Being single is awesome. But being married is great too. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry. He ordered his servant, go. Everyone say go. Go Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. So the the master said, well, go out again. Everyone say go again go again out to the roads, the places you haven't been yet, the country lanes, the places you haven't seen yet and compel. Compel is quite a strong, a strong word. Compel is not like, oh, I was wondering if you might maybe kind of, no, okay, goodbye. Compel is like, hey, you gotta come. You gotta come to this. You know, you ever, ever it's just all about food today. Okay, so uh, you ever eaten something really good? You know, like you're eating a good food. Come on, talk to me. You ever eaten something really good? And as you're eating it, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. You need to eat this. And then like Pastor Rhonda, you force feed people and you it's, it's compelling. You're so compelled. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Let me tell you, when you've tasted of God, it's not kind of like, oh, maybe if you have, to, you're like, oh my gosh, this is too good. You need to eat this. You need to know this God. He loves you. Compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Make no mistake. God wants His house full. Make no mistake. God wants His house full. God wants every church in Sydney full. God wants every C3 location in Sydney full. God wants Silverwater full. God wants to see five services on a Sunday at Silverwater packed out in Jesus' Name. And all the team said, no! God wants His house full. He's not kind of like, yeah, let's just keep it small. Let's just keep it to a little crew. Yeah, I like them. No, God is big spirited. God is generous. 
God has a big plan and a big vision to see His house full. Come on, if you believe this morning, just, just, just yell like, yell like, house is full, full house. Great show. Not really, actually, I, I hated it. <laughs> so Lord, speak to us. We love You. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You that it's good. It's like food for our soul. We pray, Lord, that we just leave this place full. God, whether we're here and we've known You for some time, whether we're here and we don't even know You now, Lord, we just, we just thank You, God, for every person in this room, that we would see You clearer, that we would know You closer, that we would grow in our faith, in our heart for people, in our vision for this city. In Jesus' Name, amen. 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 Paulus, you're incredible. You've been doing such a good job. Yeah, give it up for Paulus. But you can leave. So in this story, there's like two, kind of two groups of people. So you've got the crowd that were invited. And so they were the first cab off the rank, you know. So, so the master says, hey, tell everyone who I've already invited that now is the time to come along. So you've got the invited crew. But then you've got the crew who were included. They weren't initially invited, but they were included. And Jesus is telling a story that has a lot of relevance, not just to us today, but also in context of the day, because He was talking about the, the Isra Israelites, the Jewish people who were invited. They were first. They were actually the first ones invited. We... Post them, post Jesus reaching the Gentiles, we were included. But the invited, when God came, they didn't know it was God because they got so stuck in religion that, that when God turned up, when Jesus came to earth, they didn't even recognise Him. The, the God that they'd confessed and, and had all their tradition around, when He turned up, they didn't notice that it was actually God. They thought it was a man. And in fact, everything that Jesus did was in opposition to what they had believed and what they had uphold. It was right for a time, but that time was over. Who knows that old things need to become old things and God always has a new thing. That's why He said, sing a new song because He got sick of the old song you were singing. So He said, let's sing a new song. There was an Old Testament. He said, that was good, but now we're gonna have a New Testament. And so God is into the new. And so Jesus turned up with something new, but because they only knew religion and didn't have relationship, hello, when He turned up, they didn't recognise Him. That's good. They he turned up. Jesus turned up. He's sitting there eating with them and they're like, who is this joker? The very God they claimed to worship, they didn't recognise. So the invited became excluded, not because they weren't invited, but because they didn't accept the invitation. The problem for those that were invited they say, they say um, excuses. Everyone say excuse. Turn to your neighbour and say, excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me. They had excuses. And what they claimed to be a problem of availability was actually a problem of priority. 
That's good. You can write that down. He, he, it was masked as I'm busy. But the real problem was this isn't important. Priority. Priority. For those that are invited, it was an issue of priority. And here's what's interesting. They, they, they were all good things. Like, like there was nothing evil in the list, right? Am I right? There was nothing that was like bad. You know, one, one said, I've just bought a field. That's not wrong. Like good on your champ. You know, buy a field, buy 10, go for it. Then another, I just bought five yoke of oxen. You know, we probably wouldn't do that today, but you know, good on you. We'd probably just buy a car, okay? Another said, I just got married. You know, also a good thing. So the problem was not the thing. The problem was the priority. See, because you can have a good thing, but when it's out of order, it can become a bad thing. You can have, you can have good things, but when they become Lord of your life, they become a bad thing. See that God is not actually good at any other place other than first. God's like, He's... he's, he's he, he will just not, he just won't even compete because he doesn't do second, he doesn't do third, he doesn't do fourth, he only does first. But what's amazing is when you put God first, when you make him priority, you actually step under his lordship, you step under his plan, you step under his way, you step under his authority and because you're under that, he can now look after you. David said it like this in Psalm 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say, my shepherd is my Lord. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Because whatever you make Lord will be shepherd of your life. So he had made God his Lord and therefore Jesus became his shepherd. But a lot of people have terrible shepherds because they've made the wrong thing Lord. Listen to me, money is a terrible shepherd. Money is not wrong. Money's good. Money's great. But, but when money is Lord... It's a terrible shepherd. It won't guide you by still waters. It won't guide you by, by green pastures. It, it won't comfort you. It won't bring you through the valley of the shadow of death. But Jesus will. Sex won't do it. Popularity won't do it. Your job won't do it. Ministry won't do it. Position won't do it. So if we make the wrong thing, Lord then we have to live with that thing being our shepherd. But if we make Jesus Lord, He steps in as shepherd and He says, I'm gonna guide you. I'm gonna look after you. Come on church, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there when you're at your worst, when you're at your best. I will shepherd you. You need a shepherd. Come on, I need a shepherd. My Lord, I need a shepherd. I need, I need a rod and a staff. You know what I'm talking about? I need a whoosh. And then I need a, hey, let's go. <laughs> I, I need someone who can give me grace and truth all at the same time. 
I need someone who can say, I love you, but you're being an idiot. Stop it. That's a good shepherd. A good shepherd loves you enough to tell you no. A good shepherd loves you enough to say, do this. Obey this. Trust me in this. Bring your tithe. Obey. Be in church. Obey. I've got things for you that if you follow, they'll bless you. It was not an issue of availability. It was an issue of priority. And so because of priority, they missed out. I'm praying that we're the kind of people who prioritise God, prioritise His house, put Him first and you'll never come second putting God first. Amen. You put Him first and He will look up. You build His house and He will build your house. You, you put the kingdom first, seek first, not seek second, not seek when you've got time. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things. The thing I love about God is He can add quickly things that you want. He, he, can, he can bring quick things, even little things. I've found little things God will provide for me that I'd forgotten about. Like little silly things. He can look after it. He can do it suddenly. But do not spend your life pursuing things that actually God could add. Put Him first and all these other things He'll look after. So we've got the invited crowd and then we've got the included crowd. Anyone thankful that they're included? Yeah. I'm thankful to God that I'm included. Don't deserve to be, haven't earned it, but I am because of the grace and the love of God. The included, the included crowd the master says to the servant, go, go, go. Do you know two-thirds of God's name is go? Genius. Genius. It is. God, God isn't about you just staying, being stuck, doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. God said, let's go. He was like, let's go. The master said, hey, bro, these guys aren't coming. Let's throw a pity party. Oh, no. He said, oh, well, let's go. Let, let's go and let's find anybody in need, in need. This is the first point about the included. He said, go to those in need. Those who are humble those who are broken, those who are hurting, those who are in need. And He said, bring them. Everyone say, bring. bring. Bring them. He didn't say, send them. Yeah, amen. He didn't say, send them. He said, bring them. Bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them. Pick them up and bring them. Go get them, bring them down here. One of the best things you can do is bring people with you to the house of God. One of the best things you can do is bring people with you to Christmas Spectacular next week. Come on. That's the, the best thing you can do is bring. I remember this, this young guy, Luke, and he was homeless. He was living on the, the streets of city. He was on George Street and he was there. And we had our conference there, Presence Conference, and a young guy noticed him and said, oh, hey, man, how you doing? And Luke said, oh, you know, not great. 
So he said, well, do you want to come to, come to church? And Luke said, no. And Zach said, no worries. See you later. The next day, saw him again. He said, hey, bro, do you want to come to church? He said, no. Next day, it's a three-day conference. Third day, third try lucky. Came and said, hey, do you want to come to church? Luke said, no. Zach went home after conference, got Luke's number, called him and said, bro, you should come to church this weekend. And Luke was like, sorry, who is this? <laughs> you stalker. And Zach was like, bro, come to church. He's like, yeah, sure, but I'm, I live in the city. And Zach lived in Avalon, Northern Beach. He said, it's all right, I'll come pick you up. So Zach, that Sunday, woke up. Well, actually, it was in the afternoon. So he probably did wake up, to be honest, because he's, you know, a millennial. And so he, he got up and praised Jesus. Come on, I'm a millennial. And so he, he woke up, drove to the city an hour, drove back an hour and brought Luke to church. He then continued to do this for three months, helped Luke find a place to live. Luke came to, to church often high on drugs. Too real, too real this morning. He, he, he would come, having smoked marijuana, he would come to church, he was in a complete state and we'd be all worshipping and praising Jesus and he'd be in there being like, what the heck is going on? One time he turned to me, he was like, bro, what the heck is this place? I said, bro, it's church, just have fun, you know? It's better than any nightclub. They suck. The, the church is the best. We like to party because God's alive, not dead. He's not boring. He's here. He's real. And we're excited about it. So Luke just started jumping. You know, he's just like, yeah, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Three months later, gives his life to Jesus. Gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Starts speaking in tongues. Come on. Starts serving on the team. Bring, bring. The master said, go out, bring. So here's what I want us to do. If you notice somebody in need, bring them. Bring them. The cue that somebody is ready for church, the cue that somebody is ready to do life with you, the cue that somebody is ready for Jesus is need. When you see it, just say this, come sit with me. Just say that, just say, come sit with me. Bring them. The second thing about the included is the people who were to be compelled. He said, go out and compel. Uh, we, we did some statistics. We're looking at a thing by McCrindle who do research, national research organisation. And they presented some research to us on the church. And they, they were talking to us about, you know, what, how, do we, how do we help people find Jesus? Because we're not here just to help people find religion. We're not here to, we want people to know Jesus, know Jesus. He is the answer. And so we found that people said 
43% people said, if I felt it was important to my friend or family member that I come along, I would. Compel. Do you know conviction is attractive? When you really believe in something, it's attractive. So don't, don't apologise. Don't be apologetic. Don't, don't be embarrassed. God is good. God is really, really good. This place is amazing. We are blessed. You're here. I'm here. We're together. We're, gonna, we're doing life together. This place is amazing. So, so having that conviction, compel them. And I think the best way to compel is through relationship. Doing life together. That's our heart. Our heart is that we would build connection with people. Band, you can get up here and join me. Help me finish this thing. I remember James Murray, he, he used to remember my name. This, this is a small thing. He would come to our high school. I was about 15 and he would remember my name every single time. That for me was so impacting. I, I, I know people then from there, Phil Hubbard, a friend of mine, he said, hey, I want you to come and play bass. I've never played bass, ever. I had no idea what to do. And he said, oh, you should come and play bass. I was like, sure. What is bass? <laughs> Taught me to play bass. People who have just said, hey, come, come sit with me, come serve with me. Come sit with me, come serve with me. We want to we wanna bring people to Jesus. And the Christmas Spectacular next week, that's our opportunity. We want to include people. We, we, we want to make space and make more room. We want to make more room. We're not here to maintain. We're not here to sit on what we've got. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen? Amen. So we're going to be a blessing next week. And I want you to come. I want you to serve. I want you to sit with people. I want you to connect. Let's reach our community and show them, not just tell them, show them how good God is.